Sometimes we hear this phrase digital sexual violence or online sexual crimes and and it somehow seems to bring about a little distance uh, maybe even distant the, the the criminals from what they're actually doing but remember we are talking about some of the most heinous cases of abuse abuse that happens in real life and is then effectively put into the digital sphere continuously rattled by disturbing discoveries of spy cameras exposing often women in compromising situation, sometimes children, the existence of heavy uploaders and their web hard cartel. The Ministry of Gender, Equality and Family launched a reporting site to help victims of digital sexual violence at the end of April. Within a 100 days, over a 1,000 victims reported their cases and the ministry's been able to help them investigate and take down illegal contents from the internet. And that's really the very least. Today we get to hear from one of the participants at an event early this month, an international conference organised by the Korea Communication Standards Commission to discuss effective countermeasures and international cooperation to eradicate digital violence. Denton Howard, Executive Director of the International Association of Internet Hotlines, in hope that stands for in which south korea is also a member joins us on the line and good morning to you from seoul uh, good morning alex uh, thank you very much for inviting me this morning can you share with us some of the main issues that came up in the forum uh yes alex um in the event uh, i mean the, the name of the title of the event is, is quite clear um it's, it's about international cooperation and that would be the key factor that uh, really came up in the key issue. Um, and, and just in terms of cooperation, uh, just to give you a little background, um, InHope is a network of 45 hotlines, and I'll explain what a hotline is later, but we have a network of hotlines, and we basically coordinate our activities around the world so that when a report is received in one country, that we can take action where the content is actually hosted. Um, so that, that's what we do. But in respect of the, the, uh, the, the event itself was about getting an understanding of where different uh, organizations were and what their actions are and what they do. Um, because it, it, everybody shares the same objective um, and we're trying to address it from many different directions. I could talk for ages, Alex, but uh, I, I'm sure you have specific questions. Yeah, well, th- thank you. That gets us going. And... Just to put this into a bit of perspective, not just from the supply side, but the demand side, is there really this huge global demand for consuming these images and videos of, well, I guess men, women and children against their will, either through spy cameras or actual abuse? Is there that demand? Okay, um, like most things, it's not that simple. Um, now, I can only basically talk about the child abuse stuff, okay, um, because that's in, in hope's focus is on child abuse content, okay, and, um, and we define a child as anybody under the age of 18. Um, now, your, your question was about demand. Um, well, you asked the question, are there any more pedophiles in the world now than there were, say, five years ago? Mm. Well, the evidence is no, there isn't, okay? Um, because it's a percentage of the population, no matter where you go. Uh, a very small percentage, thankfully, a minute one, I have to say, from what I understand. But what has happened is that you can have one image, 
and you can redistribute and put that image in so many different environments and places. Um, so you can, if you like, it's the power of the distribution. It's not the pull factor, it's the push factor. Um, and, and, and what has happened is that before, the, before we had the Internet, people who had a sexual interest in children, called, we use the term paedophile, um, they were never able to connect with each other because they, there was no way for them to communi- communicate or to share their views or opinions or their, their interests. Uh, whereas now, with the Internet, opens that up. Um, and Alex, as I'm sure you know, the Internet is, has no borders. It doesn't exist, you know, in the electrons that transfer across the globe. They do not follow the geographic lines we draw on maps. Um, and that, that is a challenge. Um, but it, to, to come back to your point, is there any greater demand? For, not that we can know, but it's much more widely distributed. And equally, then, much more of it gets found because there's a lot more of it being spread about. It's obviously something that's hard to measure as well, especially when people use proxies and various ways of anonymously accessing this kind of content. Just staying on the demand side for a moment, though, is there evidence that you're aware of that suggests people become paedophiles because of the availability, i.e. they wouldn't necessarily be aware of any sexual interest towards children, for example, and then they go online and somehow are exposed to an image that, that provokes something in them. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you I'm a, a, I think the term they call it a psychosexual or something, ologist, I, I'm not quite sure what the term should be for that, but um, from I've met many people in this field um, and it, it's just as much as you can't make somebody who's gay straight or you can't make somebody who's straight, heterosexual, homosexual. Um, it's a case of uh, the, uh, people who have this, uh, what's the word, philia, uh, the paedophilia, uh, an attraction towards children. It, it, people say it's, 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 an, it's, a, it's a born quality or it's a born thing. Um, so that's the, from what I understand. Now, I, am, I have heard, and so this is not technical correct, it's just my opinion, is that um, there are a certain number of people who are, if you like, who are, you can, they will act upon the power of suggestion and they will try something and they may be curious and in many cases see it, look at it and go, oh, that's not for me, but they've gone through the process of viewing it and thus they would appear as a statistic. Okay. Um, can I just say to you, um, because for your listeners, I mean, that these are all the big scary stories, um, but there's a lot of things that go on in the background by organizations uh, like ourselves and also companies like Facebook and Google and a lot of the technology companies who are seen as the bad guys in some places, but they really do a lot of work in the background to try and stop this stuff from being spread around the world. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's not all a bad story. No. D- do you think that it's um, possible to uh, handle the demand side of things, or, or do you have to just target the, the supply of these, uh, these images? Uh, in other words, um, should the main focus be on just trying to get the images off the in- internet and, and trying to protect children in the first place from being filmed in compromising positions? couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we, we, our objective as an organization is where we have a thing which is to get it fast removal. So in other words, 
if we think of content taken down rapidly, that means it can't be reshared. Okay. Now, to come to the last point you raised, which is about the creation of content, um, most child abuse material that we come across isn't uh, material of something that's filmed in a bathroom or a changing room or something like that, although that does happen occasionally. This is generally created in a home where there is a, an adult who is exploiting a child. Okay, and it's generally an adult in a position of trust, um, whether that's somebody that they know very well or a family member or a teacher or, a, or a, so in other words, somebody in a position of trust. And that is where most, the vast majority of child abuse material comes from. I'm sorry to say it, I really am, but that's a fact. Um, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it, it just, uh, it, I find it even, I've, I've been working in this field for many years, and I even still find that difficult to accept as I am a parent of four children myself. Yeah. I cannot understand how anybody could do that. But the sad fact is I have seen the evidence, I see the statistics, um, but it, it, it's, it's sort of a very big point. Um, so that's why, again, uh, that's one of the reasons why I go to work every day um, and why all of our analysts all around the world go to work every day. Uh, we do a very difficult job. Um, and you might say, well, people could get paid doing a lot better jobs and get paid a lot more money. But why do they keep doing this? They do it for the same reason that I do. Is that this we, we try and def- gather information. Oh, sorry, one thing I didn't mention to you, which is really important, Alex, is that while we try and get the content removed, we also gather a lot of intelligence, which is then shared with law enforcement. And they are the ones that go out and search for those children and try and identify them. And thus, if you can get to the child, you can generally get to the offender. So that's another issue which I meant to mention earlier to you as well. Thank you so much, Denton Howard. We don't have any more time in this interview, but we do have a website, www.inhope.org, where people can report illegal content and find out more about your work. Thank you very much for joining us. That's great, Alex. Thank you very much for your time today, and I hope you all have a, a good day in Korea. I was in Seoul a couple of weeks ago, and I just really had a great time. So thank you very much for your, for your listening to me. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for saying so, and truly good luck.